Welcome to Game of Books Podcast. I'm Kathy in South Dakota. And I'm Christy in South Florida. We're two newbie writers who share our love of food, wine, and mystery through interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors. And our virtual book club. And even our fun writing lessons with writing experts. Join us on today's adventure. Hi, everyone. I hope this hot summer month of July 2021 is treating you well. Yes, so far so good for me. This week we are going back to the beginning of season two to one of our favorite conversations that we've had with Lisa Unger. We have here her latest book. Christy and I both have them here. I have two copies. I actually have three copies in my house. Woo-hoo! It's called Confessions on the 745. And I have my own copy and Lisa was kind enough to send us each a copy and one for a giveaway. But since I already have one, I'm, we're going to be able to give away two, Christy. Two, two. two so two. July book yeah. giveaways, two lucky winners. Yeah, it's going to be great. Yes. And um, anyway, so this is this is such a good book. And you know, yeah. Kathy, it was also nominated for the Strand Magazine's Critics Award for Best Mystery of 2021. I just saw that recently on her um, social media. And if you don't follow Lisa's social media, you really should. She's She's always um, interviewing, always talking to other writers and shares it on her Facebook page. Um, during mm-hmm. the pandemic, I don't know if she's still doing it. She um, was doing a chat conversation with other authors called Three Good Things. It was just this really positive, upbeat. I know. Uh, she she was theory. great when we talked yeah. to her. You know, it was like, she's just, she's a smart woman, I feel. She is, and she's really genuine and giving. Yeah. I mean, she's a fantastic author, but a fantastic human as well. Right. Um, yeah. So also another accolade for Confessions on the 745. If you're watching us on YouTube, look at that great cover. Isn't that creepy? I know. <laughs> so good. Matches the book. But this was just chosen as, um, I, I mean, not just, maybe a few months ago um, as one of book lists, top 10 crime fiction of the year. So yeah. that's not too shabby. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. So this book is all the rage and you're going to want to go out and get a copy. So we'll put a link on our website where you can just order it now that it's in paperback too. Yeah. Well, we hope you enjoyed this redux of our Quirks and Conversation with Lisa Unger. Welcome to the Game of Books podcast, Quirks and Conversation. We are so excited to be talking with best-selling author, Lisa Unger. She is a New York Times and internationally best-selling author of 17 novels, with millions of readers worldwide and novels published in 26 languages, Lisa Unger is widely regarded as a master of suspense. In 2019, she re- received two Edgar Award nominations, an honor held by only a few writers, including Ruth Rendell and Agatha Christie. Unger's critically acclaimed books have been voted Best of the Year or Top Picks by the Today Show, Good Morning America, Entertainment Weekly, Amazon, IndieBound, and many others. Her writing has appeared in the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, NPR, and Travel and Leisure. And she lives on the west coast of Florida with her family, which is not too far from me. Lisa, we're so happy you're available to talk with us today. Oh, I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks so much for having me on. Absolutely. Um, Before we get started with our conversation, though, Kathy, why don't you tell everyone what wine we're drinking today? Oh, I'd be happy to. 
Um, we are going to each enjoy a glass of Louis M. Martini Cabernet Sauvignon from Sonoma County. I'm going to have a sip um, now. I'll read you Can the I have description. a sip now? Okay. <laughs> yes, I think we all should. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is the point of enjoying this together. <laughs> oh, it is. That's yummy. It okay. is good. So this is, um, it's got a really interesting uh, description. Um, and I, I did mention that it's from Sonoma County for a reason. Um, according to the um, website for Louis M. Martini, um, this Cabernet reflects the best of the warm, narrow, dry creek valley and the hot yet wind-cooled Alexander Valley. Nice. Together, these unique features, yeah. <laughs> so apparently that's very specific to this area. Um, and together, these unique features create a balanced Cabernet Sauvignon with concentrated notes of, are you ready? Mm-hmm. Dark fruit black tea, and cocoa. Oh. The full, yeah. So the cocoa is interesting. And it's supposed to lead to a supple and persistent finish, which I don't really know what that means. But anyway, (laughs) let's enjoy and see what we think. Well, I think it's really good. I I think this this is tasty. And Lisa, you chose the wine. So um, I did. do, Do you have any interesting stories surrounding this choice or... I don't. I don't. <laughs> I, don't have I just like anything to say about it at all. Oh, except no. that you know, I mean, I don't really know that much about wine. I'm not, you know, I've only recently like started to enjoy it, mm-hmm. and I um, but I really find the you know the Cabernet Sauvignon to be like kind of my favorite because it's very big. You mm-hmm. know, it doesn't. It's like it's fruity and like kind of round and like just bold in in a way that other wines aren't. So Mm -hmm. I I have a couple of favorites. There's this one, and then also I like a a Camus and also a Clos Pagas. And that's just kind of, I mean, I, you know, as a wine drinker, it's purely about, you know, what tastes good to me. Right, right. (laughs) In that moment. And for us, it's also, this is good because this is under $20, which is what we kind of try to, you know, do. So it's a great wine to have on hand and everything. Yeah, and with those other very expensive wines, like, I don't don't think that they're, you know, I think that this really holds its own with with those other more expensive wines. Yeah, I th- I think but it's I think delicious. it really is good. Yes. Yeah. Well, good choice. Thank you, Lisa. <laughs> well, I'm glad. Thank you. Okay, so now that we have our wine in hand, I'm going to ease into some questions. Um, okay. So you um, actually one question that that came up on our um, last week's podcast. We were wondering since you're this international bestseller and your book is in a lot of different languages, books are in a lot of different languages. Do you have copies of Mm -hmm. all those books in all those different languages? I I do. I I do have, I mean, you definitely get, (laughs) you definitely get, you know, um, five or 10 copies from, for every foreign edition. And, and not just, you know, not just that we also get, you know, five or 10 copies of, you know, the audio used to get that. I mean, I'm not sure how much longer that'll be where you get the box of oh. CDs. Like oh, a cool. lot of it's digital now. But yeah, you get the audio books, the large print edition, you know, all that. So there's always <laughs> a, you know, there's always a big influx of books. And the foreign editions are, you always see the cover early, you know, because they send it to you much in the way your U.S. publisher will, mm-hmm. you know, send your cover, your cover proof for approval and stuff. So you always kind of know, but it's always very, 
exciting to see the the foreign edition of of every book. Not every book is you know has the same foreign you know the same foreign publisher. So every there's a lot of different visions for oh, each fun. cover treatment. Oh, that's yeah. fun. I'd love to see your library shelves. That just sounds I know, right? so fun to have all yeah. this different. <laughs> <laughs> um, so also, over the years, you've um, given some really solid advice to aspiring authors like Kathy and me and many of our listeners. One of the things that stood out, which was the biggest first step, meaning you have to actually finish your novel <laughs> yeah. and we've, we know you've finished um, and published at least 17 novels. So it appears you have that down. And so we're kind of curious, do you have <laughs> like a strict writing schedule, like a time of day or so many words or hours, or can you just tell us a little bit about your process in getting that novel written? Yeah, absolutely. I am. So I, you know, my golden creative hours are from 5 a.m. to noon. Mm-hmm. Like that is the time of day when I am at my most creative and the earlier I can be at my desk, the better, you know, before the earlier you can get at your desk before, you know, everybody else is awake and before your internal editor gets up and your external editor <laughs> that matter, <laughs> and, uh, and your mother, hopefully, you know, like you can, the, mo- the earlier you can get to the desk and be as close as possible at least for me, to that dream brain, Mm -hmm. the better. So my ideal writing day is, you know, I get a creative cycle in um, between like five and seven. And that's usually when my daughter gets up and I get her ready for school and all of that stuff. And then um, I'm back to my desk by 8.15. And then that next block, that 8.15 to 12.15 block, that's, you know, very, it's very important. It's very important to the process to have those four, like, sort of uninterrupted hours. And then, you know, I'll probably break and, you know, around that time and eat and exercise and then try to get one more creative cycle in before my daughter gets home from school. Um, and then once, you know, she's done, then it's kind of like game on mom time, <laughs> you know. <laughs> like running around activities, homework, dinner, all that stuff. So that's kind of the ideal day. And then like sort of the shallow work of social media and you know the business stuff and all that, like I try to keep that for the time when she's doing her homework because, mm-hmm. you know, once she's home and once I'm in that other brain, creativity comes less easily to me in that later part of the day. Oh, that's, that's interesting. Um, which is something that's very specific to me. Like a lot of people feel that their creativity comes at the end of the day, you mm-hmm. know, when everything's done. And then that's when they can be, that's when they can close it all off and do what they need to do. But that, that's really what works best for me. Right. And and I think both Kathy and I are morning people like that, too. And I like how yeah. you called it the dream brain, because that's so true. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you wake up and you've got this thought in your head. And you know, if right. you don't get it down on paper, then it's gone, you know? <laughs> exactly. Wow, that's great. Yeah, I mean, I think it's very, I mean, in my process is like very, it's very subconscious. Like I write without an outline. I don't oh, okay. know who's going to show up day to day or what they're <laughs> going to do. So I really have to be in that headspace. Like I have to be very present for that kind of storytelling mind. Right. And um, And the earlier in the day, the better. Well, that kind of leads to the other question that I had for you, which was, um, we talked about last week also that developing characters and, you know, you've, you write such richly developed characters 
And so, yeah, we were wondering, you know, now you're saying that maybe you don't, but we thought, well, maybe write a detailed history and physical description of the character before you even start writing or... No, no, nothing like that. So the so I, a long time ago, I started thinking, I stopped thinking of characters as people that I create and started thinking of them as people that I meet. And oh. even though that's, of course, not the truth of it, that is how I experience it. Mm-hmm. So I get to know my characters on the page much in the same way that my readers will later get to know them was sort of layer by layer. Interesting. And I've sort of, you know, everything, everything, everything about the book flows from those characters. All plot flows from those characters. So mm-hmm. for me, like there could be like a moment, you know, there's a ger- there's always a germ, right, for the story. It might be something that I read. It might be a new story. It might be a line of poetry. So it could be anything, really. And then whatever that is, so in the case of The Stranger Inside, for me, it was something that I read a long time ago while researching another novel. I read a book called The Inner World of Trauma by Dr. Daniel Kalshad. And in that, he talked about, um, in the case, he talked about mental illness in a way that I had not heard before. Mm-hmm. Um so in the case of extreme child, childhood trauma, uh, the psyche can split. It's not like split personality disorder in the way that we know it, like in fiction, mm-hmm. but it's um, where the stronger aspects of the personality emerge to, prote- to protect the weaker aspects of the personality. Mm-hmm. And the way he wrote about it, the way he talked about it, it was almost like, you know, um, it was almost like as if it were a gift. Like that is how the self survives extreme mm-hmm. trauma. Well, that was that was and, so interesting how you did it in the book too. I, that was right. So so that was the so that was the germ, and that idea kicks around for a long time, like any of them do. Like they kind of, and then will lead me to like a lot of research. I'll start doing all this research about a topic that ob- obsesses me, which in this case is the um, you know was the it's a it's a Jungian term called the splinter psyche. Okay. And so that kind of obsesses me, and I, I, I try to learn as much about it as I can. And then while I'm in that process, like, the best way I can describe it is if it connects with something greater that's going on within me, then I start to hear a voice or voices. Mm-hmm. So it might be one voice. It might be multiple voices. And then I follow those voices through the manuscript. That's, and I've written that's every cool. single book this way. Yeah. It's, sort, it's yeah. sort of like that split personality thing that you're talking about. Yeah. It is a little bit. Yeah. Like, it ooh. is a little bit, you know, because I really I do sometimes that. feel like, like the person who sits down to write is not the same person who gets up and, you know, packs the lunch for right. my daughter and takes her to school and is sitting on a car line later. Like, in a lot of ways, I feel like it's not it's not the same brain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know that, and 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 truly, I've always mm-hmm. been this way. Like I've never, I don't remember a time in my life before I considered myself a writer. Interesting. So I've always been doing this in one way or another. And so well, we're then, happy for that. So then, oh my goodness, <laughs> yes. So once you get your germ and you do your research, and then you just start when I when the characters are talking to you. So you must write it then in a 
linear fashion, like from beginning I to do. end, because you don't know? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> I don't either. what's going to happen. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not even 100% sure what the book is about mm-hmm. while I'm writing, <laughs> and I definitely don't know how it's going to end. I'm sure there are easier right. ways to do. I'm sure there are easier ways to do this. Oh, wow. <laughs> but I don't. My, my linear brain can't take this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just so thinking, at some point, don't though, you have part, outlines do you... you have to look at. <laughs> yeah, some people do. I mean, and I think you will find probably you've talked to a lot of writers mm-hmm. that you'll find that people do fall into two distinct camps, and both camps are, you know, very. You find plenty of people who are doing it with great success either way, but there are those meticulous outliners. And, That's you know, Kathy. They, they have a, you know, a clear. <laughs> <laughs> they have a clear idea of how the book is going to go. They have full character sketches. Mm-hmm. They have, um, you know, they have everything um, that you know is going to be in the book. They're they're aware of it you know, before they sit down to start mm-hmm. write, you know, writing the book. And then there are people that write the way I do. Yeah. So basically, wow. there's no right or wrong. It's whatever works for you. Yeah, for sure. Just yeah. fin- just finishing it, as you said. Just finish it. <laughs> yeah. If finish you finish the, the book, then it works for you. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. Okay. All right. So Lisa, we have a little transition here. This is the time we like to ask our authors what we call the question in the bottle. Um, just kind of random questions that might come up if you got towards the bottom of an actual wine bottle. Um, oh. We'll pick a random question. <laughs> and if you don't like it, you can pass and we'll try another. So, Christy, okay. what do we have? Okay. So, this question is, would you rather live for a week in the past or the future? The future. Oh. Well, that was great. Really? Yeah, that, you didn't even think about that one. That was a gut reaction. No. <laughs> Do you know how far in the future? <laughs> as far as possible. <laughs> right? Obviously. I'm so curious about how um, we're going to evolve or if we're going to evolve as a species. Right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm really curious about that. Oh. Like, yeah. really. Yeah. I know. There's I know. Legitimate it's scary, questions. though. It's just a little scary, but Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, so I've got a couple questions for you. So on your website, on lisaunger.com, by the way, mm. um, yeah. you have a notes tab where you have written conversations with other authors like Mary oh, Kubica yeah. and Tess Gerritsen. And I love reading these, and I, I'm oh, sure so you're, you're – I love it, and I'm sure your other fans do too. And so I was wondering how this came about. It's such a great read. Um. You know how it came about? This is like such an interesting thing. I, so I have my, one of my good writer pals is a Los Angeles based thriller writer, New York Times bestseller, Greg Hurwitz. And we've been friends forever. And we got asked by, uh, I'm trying to remember what the publication was. It might have been Booklist or, yeah, it might have been Booklist. And they wanted us to, they wanted us to argue <laughs> about a point. Like, uh, I do it this way, you do it that way. They wanted us to argue in writing about a certain thing. And we literally could, we sincerely could not find one thing that we disagreed about. (laughs) So that was a fail. (laughs) Not not in the process or personal or anything. 
So we were like, can we just interview each other? Can we just have a, you know, can we just have a chat? And they were like, yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> Boring. <laughs> so, we just, so I started doing that and I just loved doing it with him because it was such a, you know, it was such a nice way for us to kind of hang out. We, you know, we live in different parts of the country. We only see each other once a year or twice a year of that. So it was kind of a nice thing to do. And so I just kind of thought, wow, how nice is this? I wonder if other people would want to do it with me. And so every once in a while... You know, I I ask somebody to do, I call it my pen pal series. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So basically I write, you know, I write something and then end with a question. And then the other, um, my other, you know, the other author will, um, you know, answer the question and then end with a question. And we kind of go back and forth a few times. And uh, it always, it's always different. It always turns into like such an interesting conversation I feel like it could just kind of go on and on I usually kind of you know check it after four or five (laughs) you know back and forth because they're long you know they're pretty long Mm -hmm. um yeah but it's just been such a nice way to connect with people and get to know them I I just find it fascinating yeah just I'm just the thought occurred to me you should really compile them into a, a book (laughs) just as a separate uh, she you know, gets, Kathy project. wants a commission uh, <laughs> yeah it was your idea but I just love reading them so I'm guessing that one of the perks then for you or upsides of this writing world is your relationships with other writers I'm just guessing because oh, yeah. in addition to what you just said Christy and I got to see you at Thriller Fest being interviewed by Karen Slaughter oh. <laughs> oh, are you there? Oh my God! Yes, yes, I was the I was the timer. I was the timer that didn't know what she was doing. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but my favorite thing was that Karen shows up with was it unicorn head headband or something? Yeah, it was, it was unicorn horns. We wore them the entire time. Yeah, I actually forgot yeah. we were wearing them. Even though I was looking at her and she was wearing it, it just sort of became normal after a while. It was great. It was great. That was awesome. Yeah, Karen, Karen I and I thought... have been, uh, we've been friends for a really long time. And, um, you know, she she's just like one of my, you know, she's one of my besties. And, uh, and that really is the case. I mean, I've been being for, you know, been writing for, I guess 17 years now I've been published for 17 years and uh prior to that I I also worked in book publishing so I I kind of you know it's definitely like my home industry so Mm -hmm. over the years you know those relationships evolve like any other relationship that you have you know you become friends with your colleagues in any in you know in any industry I'm sure Mm -hmm. and so that's you know, kind of how it's been for me. And I think, you know, specifically like with, you know, the thriller and mystery community is just such a nice community. I mean, we're very sort of genuinely kind of into each other and supportive of each other. And, you know, we, we do a lot to, to help each other and, you know, and spread the word about um, other people's books and stuff. And we're, you know, and that's a true like sort of organic thing. You know, it's a, mm-hmm. a gen, there's a genuine affection there. So uh, I really love that about our community. And it's definitely. I've really noticed know, it too. To I'm, Kathy and I have, because, you know, I mean, we met yeah. at a conference, but then, you know, all this, we, whenever we interview somebody or we just meet somebody at a conference, they're, everybody's so giving, you know, it's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I, I wondered if it was, like like you say, it is, I mean, it's a, a really nice, warm community. And I wondered if it had something to do with the fact that, it, you know, we're, we're all doing a solitary task. And yeah. then when you get together, you know, I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah, but I hear other writing communities are not as warm. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> really? <laughs> I mean, there's, it's something specific to the mystery thriller community because I hear, like, a lot of people who, you know, who come into the community from other areas are like, I can't believe how nice you guys are to each other. Oh, it's because we're killing all our demons out by killing people. Yeah, we're killing yeah, people all the time on paper. We're exercising all our demons onto the page. Yes, so we don't exactly. have any. Right. We don't have anything left. <laughs> yeah, so Only true. good things left for your friends. <laughs> okay, that's awesome. Okay, so I've also, I did my research, and I have run across you saying in a couple different interviews that you uh-huh. live for the blank page. Oh, I do. And I <laughs> thought that was such a beautifully optimistic view of writing that you don't yeah. hear very often. Tell us about yeah, that. Yeah, I do. I do live for the blank page. I mean, I, I have to say, it's the most exciting thing. It's a portal. Mm-hmm. It's a portal to everything. You know, when the page is blank... And, and you're present for, you know, what can be, then there's a, yeah. just a tremendous joy and excitement that I experience. You know, in fact, mm-hmm. I, I teach a class on creativity. And I've done it mm. a couple times with, with kids. You know, I've gone into my daughter's yeah. school and I've gone into a couple other schools. Oh, neat. And the only thing I bring for this class is a piece of paper, and a pencil Mm -hmm. and I give everybody one of these things and I tell them that this is everything every painting Mm. every drawing every line of poetry every song every film script every novel every single thing every scientific theorem every idea everything can be accomplished with these two things (laughs) Oh, man, you're giving oh, me goosebumps amazing. over here. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> and, and no. you know, and, and, I, and I asked them, I said, the next time, you know, we, we talked about this whole class about things that keep us from being creative and all of that. At the end, I tell them, the next time you're bored and you have been taught to fear your boredom, so the minute you're bored, you pick up a device and you disappear into that, into that device. Mm-hmm. The next time you're bored, pick up a pencil and a piece of paper and do whatever it is that you want to do with it. Yeah. And wow, that's such, that is good time. advice. Yeah. No, <laughs> this is what so, I ask. Yeah. It's like the antidote to our concerns about screen time and our devices. That's, that yeah. is, and I, that is really, it is such an optimistic, lovely way to look at things as opposed to the whole, you know, the blank page, you know, you rip open your veins and bleed on the paper. You know, it's just such a yeah, such I know. A I don't way get that at all. It. Like when people say that, I'm, um, I'm, I just want to laugh. I'm like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> and then I wonder, why are you spending your time doing it if that's how right. you feel about it? Like that sounds I know, exactly. I just think, what a, what a blessing, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. What a, jo- what a joy to be able to create a world. Mm-hmm. You know, like what a you know what a wonderful thing. I mean, I I never wanted to do anything else. I never wanted to be anything else. So I feel a tremendous amount of gratitude that I am able you know, to make my living doing what I to, love. I mean, that's huge. 
It is amazing. It's an amazing gift. And we had talked to Hank Philippi Ryan a few weeks ago, and she said the same thing. How thankful. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, she's lovely. She's wonderful, too. And, and, uh, you know, she said the same thing about what a lovely um, gift it is to be able to be be doing what she's doing. And I just thought, oh, I love that. That just... Mm -hmm. That's I'm drawn to that, right? Instead of the whole blood. Although we do <laughs> yeah. all handle blood plenty, but you know. Um, yeah, I mean, okay, it's, so yeah, it's is, like you know, yeah. it's it's like anything else that you do that you care about. You know, it's it, obviously the act of you know, it's hard. It's hard to get published. Mm-hmm. It's hard. You know, the act of writing a novel is you know, it's a relationship. It's a commitment. You know, mm-hmm. um, the you know, it's it's difficult to get published. It's even harder to succeed once you are published. There's tremendous, you know, there's tremendous competition. You know, there are dizzying highs and crushing lows in the writing life for sure. But mm-hmm. beneath it all, it's it's just a gift to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. It's just a blessing. Well, Lisa, that's why we wanted to talk to you yep. today. We're so happy to have had this opportunity. So great to talk to you guys. Before we go, we have a final question that we like to okay. um, ask. It, it, it appeases our mysterious foodies. That's what we call our listeners out there. Um, okay. So <laughs> which of your characters would you like to share a meal with and what would it be? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I guess if it was going to be anybody, it would be Eloise Montgomery. She's a recurring character in a number of my books, but she first turned up in Fragile, mm-hmm. and she's a psychic. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. When she first turned up, I was like, oh, great, a psychic, you know. <laughs> even if, <laughs> even if she's for a visiting. Fraud, you know, that's still interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, like I still want to get to know her better. Mm-hmm. And then in Fragile, she had, like, a little tiny role to play. It was a pivotal role, but it, she didn't have a lot of time on the page. And so I wound up writing another book about her, um, Darkness, My Old Friend. And then I also wrote a novella um, about her, which spans, like, 30 years of her life. And she came to being a psychic leader in life after a horrible accident, a terrible mm-hmm. tragedy. And since then, she's had quite a journey. And I'm not going to spoil any of it, but let's just say she's, She's reached another evolution, and I I would be very interested to find out what she knows now mm-hmm. <laughs> after she has gone on to this next level. And I, I, what would we eat? I don't know. I guess we would just have a yeah. pizza. A pizza? <laughs> Perfect. It's easy. Pizza's <laughs> easy. It's we'd easy. So much to, we'd have so much to talk about. Right. I don't know. Right. Yeah, you just want, you don't want to have to think about it, you know, yeah, just. (laughs) That's not a very good foodie answer. If you want me to think about it more, I'm sure I can come up with. No, no. No, no, no. It's good. We like pizza, too. There's nothing better than pizza. (laughs) That's what I think. I mean, you can make it really good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, so Lisa, if our listeners have any more questions or want more information about you and your books, what's the best way for them to reach out? Well, you know, you I'm easy to find. You know, you can find me on on social media. I am interactive in real time on social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram primarily. There's a FAQ on my website, so pretty much anything you want to know about me can be can be found there at lisaunger.com. And um, awesome, yeah. And then if you are interested in experiencing the work without committing any money to it. If you sign up for my newsletter, you will <laughs> automatically get a free short story. Oh, nice. Oh. So. That's great. 
There you go. <laughs> We're going to sign hey, up, too. Go to LisaUnger.com. Yes, we are. Okay. Yep. And you can sign up for the newsletter there quite easily, and you will get um, a PDF of a short story, or if you are, you know, if you don't want to read electronically, I will send the story to you. Very nice. Wow. That's awesome. Well, yeah. thank you again, internationally well, best-selling author. Fun. Oh, good. We're glad you enjoyed it. We have a lot of fun with it. <laughs> and if you haven't read her latest book, um, The Stranger Inside, go out and get it. It's a great read. And you can listen to our last episode for book club ideas to go along with it. So <laughs> have fun with that. Guess what? It's time to say cheers. 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 Thanks for joining us on today's adventure. Subscribe to our podcast on our website, gameofbookspodcast.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you liked what you heard, you can give us a five-star rating or review. You can also subscribe on YouTube, where you can watch and listen. On gameofbookspodcast.com, you can find all the information about what we talked about on this episode. And you can sign up for our newsletter or enter our fun contests and giveaways. We also post our stories and links on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Hope to see you there. I can guarantee you we had fun today. And we hope you did too. Cheers. Cheers.